announces Christmas. <laughs> we're doing Christmas till mid-January, I think, I, is what I we're mean, trying we to do. I mean, we haven't taken down any of the decorations. I've thought about it. Maybe tomorrow. Is today Saturday or something? Today is Saturday. All right. Maybe tomorrow, then. What a way to intro the episode. Today is Saturday, the 2nd of January, 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the SAP. As always, it's your boy, Dave Neal and Tasha Courtney, with a newfound neighbor guest of ours, yes. Lisa Reed. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so nice see. to have you on here today with a a uh, several month old puppy. Yes. Who's joining us as well, Xander? So big shout out. We're we're now a puppy podcast. Wouldn't yeah. that be nice if we made guests bring a puppy every time they're on the show? And then you just watch the puppy cam on YouTube. Yeah, That's there's a puppy cam. Be. Yeah, for those audio only uh, people that we have a big you know listenership on the audio, you're gonna have to head over to the YouTube for this one because we've got a camera just on Xander alone. <laughs> just, um, welcome, and then I wanted to tell everyone how we got to where we are today, and then maybe you could share your side of this story. But sure. I have been doing live streams uh, for Bachelor Nation. I, I've been doing recaps for years, but live streams starting this quarantine. And you had mentioned as a commenter on the live streams that you also lived in Koreatown, which yes. is always going to spark my interest when we have a neighbor friend. I believe I've invited you to just come to the window of my apartment just to watch in real life. <laughs> Try to build a real audience here. Yeah. But um, welcome, welcome to the neighborhood. And then, you know, thanks for, first of all, being a part of the little bachelor crew. We appreciate of that. Of course. Thanks for doing it. How did you, how did you find okay, it? Okay, so this is kind of, I think, the funnier part. If if we're going to talk about relationships, I found you through your Colton Underwood video. Yeah, no, a lot of people found it found uh, I guess my content through that like one specific video. Isn't it weird how YouTube yeah. will just immediately say this is going to be the? Yeah, they were like, here you go. This is because it just popped up on my YouTube feed, and like I've been watching like Bachelor recap podcasts oh for a while, and um. I'd never like seen yours or anything. So it just it was interesting that it was that one in particular. Well, you know how annoying it can be on my end because you here you are, you 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 like watch and listen to the Bachelor content. Here I am, probably live 100 yards away from you, <laughs> making this content. And then it's up to YouTube just to decide when it's worthy. Yeah. And you get all these people, and I'm kind of bitter towards this, but like I hate the side of Bachelor Nation that... It's like if you were on the show, you're verified, and you're you're now some expert. I'd rather talk to you about yeah. your dating life than <laughs> Joe Blow, who was on you know Bachelor in Paradise. You're right. like you know you know someone in a pool on you know at Bachelor in Paradise or whatever. That's that's yeah, all it is, just right? On Instagram or whatever. And the, I think did that video come out like in October, like early October? Yeah, around then. Yeah, September, October. Yeah. So I I think it came out like right after I had gotten broken up with with my boyfriend that we will talk about. Um, and so I remember watching it and feeling like I could relate in a way to being like the codependent one in a relationship. So it was actually just very strange timing in that I was reflecting a lot about how I am in relationships and like why this particular breakup was like hard for me to deal with. So it was just really wild timing and now I'm here I don't know it's just it's kind <laughs> well of <laughs> you know what's interesting to me and Tasha you could you guys could tell me if you agree or disagree I talk a lot about gender on this on the podcast because I'm always looking at like how men think versus how women and I know individually we're all on a spectrum but there there are like vast differences with certain yeah. things and women love bachelor they love bachelor nation I know from my analytics at 90% of the listeners or, or viewers of my YouTube are women you can you know they can break it down for you and and I wonder, are women better at empathizing with, with who's on the show? Like, do you put yourself in the situation of, of like, who you're rooting for or the lead of the show? Is it something where, like, you can just get, you know, into it more that way than most guys can? I don't know, because I'm, I, I'm pretty 
you know, empathic with the show. Like I watch it and root for certain guys. And that like when it came to the Colton Underwood video, you know, well, I've never tracked someone with a car. I've totally been obsessive. Right. So whenever I was like, I wouldn't do that. It's like, well, you don't know what you would do or wouldn't do, you know? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I don't know about the show in particular, if I feel like I relate to the contestants, but that's, I think, partly because the, their dating on the show is so uh, different than what it's like. Yeah, it's so different real from real life. Yeah, we're not flying to Paris for yeah. a weekend. And you don't often see the breakups as publicly. Like Carly um, and Evan broke up recently, but I feel like there, there isn't, they're not like sharing why, which is totally fine. But I think like the Colton situation was so public and he displayed those kind of obsessive tendencies in a way that I think most people, even if they have them, that are on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette don't. Like, you just won't know. It's like you can only see it through... It's like you can only see it through um, when, when celebrities... Like, O.J. Simpson was one we compared him to. Because when it comes to celebrities, you can, like, track their history and see interviews they did and this and that. But with normal people, it's like, well, if you had a crazy ex-boyfriend, no one in the world is going to know about it. So they're not going to be like, oh, he was crazy to me, too. Or Whereas in the Colton Underwood instance, you've got a guy who was, you know, gaslighting, uh, you know, manipulating and doing all these tactics. Yeah. Probably for the simple reason of wanting love, but through all these toxic... I related it back to Boone, how he cries all night. And it's like, he just wants us to pet him. But if we pet him, he's just going to learn that pet, that crying gets him that. And Colton was just sort of like years behind and where he probably should be as like a late 20 something person where like I feel like that's something you might do in your first relationship yeah Yeah. your (laughs) teens when you're just figuring out like what is appropriate ways to handle a a sour situation and what isn't yeah and then and then the whole end of that story is he finally got back on Instagram but he still hasn't stated anything he said he basically said his ex um Cassie was right in filing the police report but he never admitted to it he kind of just you know stuck behind the legalese of it all and i think people that you watch someone you know get this public platform you kind of want an answer to all their issues and that's why i made those videos because anyone within the bachelor community that's getting paid by the bachelor didn't talk about it not gonna say a word oh yeah because they're just trying to stay away from it as far as possible i definitely could relate in in other relationships too like i can admit that when i was in my doing my undergrad in college I was 18 and I had a boyfriend who I dated for like a year or something and he broke up with me and um got back together or got together with some girl like a week later or something and I was super hurt by this and I absolutely lost my mind I would go bang on his room door all the time <laughs> like I I was off I was just I was acting crazy and and at the end of the day it was harmless like I wasn't you know hurting anyone but it could have escalated if I feel like if I hadn't gone through that I couldn't have known that that is something that I'm capable of like I am aware that I usually handle breakups pretty badly and I need to really distract myself or I will ruminate on it over and over and who knows like Just because, like, I guess the other interesting thing to me about the whole Colton situation is, like, I think a lot of women came forward and said they've had men behave that way towards them. And I felt almost, like, a little bit, like, out of place. Like, I'm the one who's behaved that way. 
towards my ex-boyfriends. Yeah. Um, oh, people will... But uh, so it can happen to anybody, you know? Uh, women yeah, will absolutely. light their ex-boyfriend's room <laughs> on fire. For, I know st so many stories, but the difference is, is in most cases, the man is not in fear of his life yeah. on a yeah, physical that's level. Difference. Yeah, someone stalking you, standing in your alleyway. Like, I for sure have done just the same as you. <laughs> I I had a drunken, like, bang on somebody's yes. door one night. And looking back, it's so embarrassing. Right. Like, I like to think that I handle myself. Like, Tasha, you got and drunk collected. and banged on the guy's door? Yeah, and then I, like, peed on the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty hammered. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I like laid down in the on the stoop for like an hour or so before I had to, the yeah. strength to like walk myself back. This was in well, New it's, York. It's uh, but, <laughs> you know, I've done plenty of things that I'm 100 percent embarrassed about right. and I have handled breakups very poorly. <laughs> I know that about me. But I like, you know, in real life, in normal life, I'm a very rational person. So right. it's true that like <laughs> it's a it's you laugh. <laughs> It's, I think it's a slippery slope and it's so good when you can recognize like this is something that's gonna, not going to be easy for me. I know going through a breakup is not going to be easy I'm for me. I'm just mad. Yeah. I can't believe we haven't gotten, with all the fights we've had, <laughs> we haven't gotten to Tasha peeing in the alley <laughs> sort of anger. That's all known. I really piss you off and I go, oh boy, she's in the alley. She's going for it. Yeah, I, I remember wait. in a relationship where the, um, the, the girl I was dating recoiled, like wouldn't talk to me and wouldn't share her emotions, mm -hmm. which was really annoying to me because I wanted to fix the problem. And yeah. We were driving in the car, like driving uh, in New England on a on a um, busy highway and I had a kind of a muscular five-speed car. And I remember like downshifting and, and getting kind of aggressive <laughs> with my driving. And it's like, all right, bro, chill out. But that's like a... I'm so glad you have never behaved that way with me because I would not it, isn't that funny it. how <laughs> but it's so fun. how calm i am as a driver now but the I've difference really between 20 years old and 35 is a big difference yeah you know it's true that like your brain is not fully formed before 25 lots of poor decisions made <laughs> between the years, years of 18 and 25 <laughs> you young bitch get out leave us don't ever mention your you age ever ask me on here <laughs> only someone I, i've always said this uh, that only chicks that are under 25 will tell you their age. <laughs> and if a chick's over 30 and you ask her age, she's going to say guess. And you better guess young. You, you better, better guess 21. Yeah, guess whatever age and minus by five years. You know, you I think. think I like to point out my age because most people think that I'm like 16. Yeah. So Well, you've got the height. You've got the height. Uh, yeah, I'm short. Thing going and on. and I, I just don't look of age I don't even look like I'm That's 21 to a lot of people <laughs> you know live that life girl you're yeah. gonna look 10 years younger for the rest of your life so. yeah you're so lucky Blessings. to go through your pandemic with youthful skin <laughs> you know what it's like to go through the pandemic and you ever you ever like uh close the uh the you know the cupboard uh, mirror in the bathroom and then you just have that you know you look at yourself and you weren't prepared <laughs> when you're in your 30s you have to be prepared to look at yourself you have to be like all right here we go you know i uh was getting a facial the other day and the doctor when she walked in she was like so how many years young are you and i was like you're saying that so nicely softening it they're ready to upsell you on some some juvederm <laughs> so well uh, okay we're gonna we're gonna uh unpack a lot of different things here but i do find it fascinating and i'm sure a million people have brought this up to you that, you know, like they say a dentist, what, what do they say the name of a dentist normally is? Like, you, you know, Dennis, Dennis is a very <laughs> common name for dentist. Statistically, you have a higher 
chance of becoming a dentist if your name is Dennis. And you're like a classical. I don't make the rules. That's oh, just like a, so. You're an oboist, which yes. is a reed instrument, and your last name is Reed. It is. I believe it's spelt differently. Yes, reed, it is. Uh, the wind instrument is spelled with two e's. Yeah. But as a fellow uh, wind instrument uh, or former <laughs> wind instrument. Uh, player in the saxophone you play a double reeded wind instrument yes. and how the heck did you get from growing up to becoming to like you know getting your is it your graduate degree in oboe is that what yes. you're studying yeah i'm getting my master's degree master's. in oboe right now i'm almost done but i um i played oboe since the sixth grade i played flute first and i never i never thought like oh i'm gonna be an oboist it wasn't um, some people are super convicted about it as soon as they start. I was kind of like, this is fun. Like, I'm pretty good at it. And um, I, I wanted to play the oboe uh, because a girl in my school, she has no idea. There's, there was this girl. She was two years older than me. And I thought she was the coolest, like, prettiest, just smart. I just was obsessed with this girl. We were not friends, but she played the oboe. And so I was determined <laughs> To also play the oboe. Isn't it funny That's how something so simple like <laughs> yeah. that can be just to lead your life? <laughs> yeah, and she for sure is not pursuing oboe now. And uh, yeah, I just had a like a a really good experience in high school, like playing in an all-state orchestra in Michigan. And um, I decided to apply to a bunch of schools for engineering, and like three of them, I applied for oboe as well. Just like, well, what the heck, like. This is fun. I might as well see. And um, I got rejected from Berkeley for engineering, and I got accepted into the Eastman School of Music, which is a pretty good music conservatory. And it was like my top choice for music, and Berkeley was my top choice for engineering. And I kind of thought as like a sign. I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> someone's absolutely. telling me to go play the oboe and see what happens. And all here because I am. <laughs> you there was a pretty chick who played oboe before you. Yes. <laughs> That's how it works. I mean, like, I got into baseball. I played it my whole life. And I can remember being seven and having and getting some affirmations from a, another guy's, uh, one of the coaches. And I grew up without a dad. And this coach was like, oh, I, I was a catcher. I was a ch pudgy kid. So when the pudgy kid, they make you catch. And uh, they were like, oh, he catches everything. And they were like, called, they were calling me like the vacuum. So I was sucking Praise up. Crazy like, powerful. And, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> you, I'm chasing that high from when I was seven. I was like, I just need a dad to compliment me one more time, please. Somebody write in. And that's, and that, that's kind of when you're good at something, you you want to please people by showing them that you're still good at it. now of course if you end up hating that thing you're good at which happens all the time yeah. in pro sports and stuff can be people can hate what they're good at that's a different story but if you love what you're doing you know that can resonate with others i mean no yeah. pun intended with <laughs> music very much so i mean you can like play a note and and you could technically hit the note and it means nothing and then someone who just loves what they're doing it's like a, an extra thing so what do you what do you think's next for you with oboe well, I have applied to come back to USC for another degree because it's been very uh, unfulfilling to be doing music during the pandemic. And I feel like I'm happy that I'll have a master's degree. Like that opens a lot of doors in terms of teaching and work, but it doesn't really get me like where I want to go. Like I would love to be playing in an orchestra and um, that's performing. Like that's really what I've always wanted, but it's definitely uh, felt like a year off <laughs> in a it's way. It's a tough instrument to, like, you, you're, you, no, one, no one hears about, like, that solo oboist 
It's, you know, yeah. Jack Johnson <laughs> didn't play his oboe hits. It's like acoustic is like the, or piano is like the way where you can like sing and song, right? That, that must be tough right. if like you rely on a, uh, a, a companionship with a hundred other instruments. <laughs> yes. Well, that is also what I love about it is that like I want to play with other people. So it's like you can be a soloist as an oboe player. There are plenty. They release CDs. They're not like popular in the mainstream necessarily, but like I know of plenty of soloists as who are oboe players. Um, but I really just like playing with other people. And I think that like that magic from playing for me, I experience it when I'm in a group with multiple people. So it's definitely been hard during the pandemic to not, not play with anyone or like, like the whole reason I went to get my master's really was to play in an orchestra at USC and take lessons. Like it's, it's not really about the classes I'm taking. And, um, you can't do those things very easily online. So now, with with if like if you're in musical theater and you date someone, they call it a showmance. Is there a term, <laughs> or you know, like people that like comedians, they chuckle fuckers. There's terms, hockey pucks, there's a cheat, cleat chasers. There's a, there literally a term? a term for everything. Is there a musical? Is there a uh, orchestra term for hmm. dating within the orchestra? I don't know. I know that it's kind of. Um, uh, taboo to date someone within your same instrument so oh, that's where you got to draw the line yeah so yeah. i mean are you a brass gal <laughs> like yes, yes or there's, there are certain like cliches about like certain instruments always like wind up together or whatever like, oh what are they i i think like the one for oboe i've heard a lot of people say that oboists always date trumpet players interesting yeah now, would you say that saxophones <laughs> and flutes have a uh, connection? I don't know. I always felt like the sax <laughs> and the flute were always eyeing each other. I don't know about you, but we're in my high school band, I'm about to flare up on some band here, we would always be uh, sitting across from each other That's in the true. semi-arch. So the <laughs> saxophone contact. is, you know, there because you got your legs spread with the sax in between you. <laughs> my entire cool band, vibe. <laughs> the only girls in band were playing clarinet and flute. Yeah, that was it. Except for me and like two other girls. Yeah, Tasha was a percussive, which well, makes sense. Well, I started She's, on French horn. You, it was terrible. I guess French horn. <laughs> terrible, so bad. Tasha was uh, good on. She was good at banging on doors, so they just gave her a little uh, drumstick. Yep, they moved me to percussion. <laughs> gave her a little bit of porta potty in case she uh, relapsed and had to pee. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, music's good for you know. I like. I never wanted. I never wanted to pursue it on the next level, but I really enjoyed the camaraderie, and I've always wondered and this might just be a high school thing but the stereotype from american pie was obviously very sexualized with like people that are in bands like it's always been a very well-known stereotype that band students are always like you know uh, promiscuous yeah <laughs> but i want but i thought a lot about this and i wonder is it because it's one of the few activities that's co-ed in high school maybe you know? i haven't thought about that like it's not like sports or anything i will say i've mostly dated musicians um, pretty much since high school. Just Classical musicians or like, do you have a type or anything? I don't know if I have a type. I've dated, I mean, classical musicians, yes. I don't know if I've ever uh, dated someone who did like jazz or pop music. But um, I think it was more like those were the people that I was around. You know, we're, <laughs> we're screening you because this is, this is step one in getting yes. you onto the next season of bachelor, uh, which, which will probably shoot later this year. Who knows? But you said, cause I, you know, I've, I just dick around with the live stream and, and, and I, I don't know if you mentioned it or someone brought it up, but chatting the live stream said that you would be interested in being on the show. I did mention it. You know, it was kind of a, 
it's kind of been a joke, like with me and um. It's always a joke friends. until you walk out of that limo <laughs> and then you're like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's always been something that I was like, that would be hilarious and different. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no. Okay. But I've never like, I, I don't know how you get on a show like that. Like, I don't. You follow the link fame. in the commercials. They have the link. Nominate. I don't, I don't think that that, I don't think if I like signed up myself, I would get anywhere. Well, it depends heavily on the lead, right? So you're on the younger side, but they that have been true. casting young and you represent a, uh, a type you've got, you know, with the uh, nerdy yeah. sort of, it's just a vibe, you know, they're, they're literally going to be looking at different, <laughs> they're going to get, you know, they're well, going to get 85,000 influencers. Yeah. You, but that is, it, you're, true. it's true that that's kind of how it works these days I mean you would definitely like it would be good if you had multiple people nominate you for sure right but you live in Los Angeles so you're going to show up to the interviews like super quick they always (laughs) cast six people from LA you know what I mean they're like oh he's from Redondo well they're going to call her uh, oboist from Michigan (laughs) from Burbank yeah Yeah, that's true they're going to play away from Um, the lives in Koreatown vibe (laughs) (laughs) but there are you know like I met with an agent in New York a few years ago uh, for social media representation who reps a lot of the people who have been contestants on The Bachelor and his first uh, piece of advice to me was like, would you be willing to go on The Bachelor? And I was like, mm, I don't know. I, we were dating. Uh, maybe. Uh, let me think about it. See how it goes. Um, but it, I think it's true that like having a connection to people who are yeah. like past contestants definitely puts you to the front of the line. I mean, look at Matt. He's went straight right. to being The Bachelor. Or like they don't always showcase it but I do think that uh, like in past years people know each other like I think that I heard that Ivan was friends with somebody which oh, one yeah. was Ivan he was the finalist the the mixed race guy who oh okay was friends with somebody else who's been yeah, in the like franchise he, said he had met somebody in Dallas that had been on it I don't know if it was before or after the show it seemed like before like he knew of some people um, now uh, do, do you have any issues opening do you think you'd have any issues opening up I don't know. It would depend about what. I'm not generally very, like, closed off. I mean, you're going to, you can ask me whatever you want. But um, do you think you would do well on the show? I have no idea. I would I would want to think that I would. <laughs> I think you would do well but. in the sense that I think you wouldn't be, like, the threat of the, I don't think you would yeah. be, because there's always that girl who, like, uh, I don't remember a few years ago, Olivia was, like, the tall uh, news, I don't know if she was tall, but she was a news anchor, and she was kind of, you know, blonde. Million dollar smile. You can smile. see every one of her teeth. You're going to come in there, and then all of a sudden, it's, be like, the sleeper. down to hometowns, yeah, and it's, like, what's going on with the oboist <laughs> over there? <laughs> um... I just don't know, like, for me, I don't think I would have the personality type that does well. I don't, I don't know. I think I've, I'm, like, such a pushover. <laughs> and, like, I I loathe confrontation. And I have fat eyebrows, so I feel like I attract a lot of nastiness just because I have mean-looking eyebrows. Yeah, the whole place would be like, person. what's Tasha thinking about? And it's like, <laughs> Del Taco. She's thinking about Del Taco, but she looks like she's angry. But I think I, I think I would struggle with, like, a lot of that sort of drama that they create on the show. I don't know that I would, like, I, I don't know that I would handle it well. Yeah, that would be hard. I haven't, like, had a large group of girlfriends ever either so I'm not I don't even know how I would 
handled being around yeah. that many women. That it would, might be intimidating. I was going to say, they would like to hear that because that's, that's immediate drama if like you don't have experience navigating the world right. of you know, 32 women living in a mansion together. Yeah, my best friend actually, she and I met on BFF Bumble, of all things, in LA because we both like The Bachelor. Wow. And she was the only person I met from it and she's just like super cool, so... BFF Bumble is it yeah. is it this is it a just a subset of Bumble? Yeah, it's like instead of selecting that you want to go on dates or whatever, it's like a separate. It's still on the app, but you just have different preferences. So you swipe and, and you look at each other's photos and you see if you have a good vibe yeah. together. Yeah, if you have things in common, you live close by. Yeah, because I moved here and I didn't know anyone, and I was going to school, so that was like a little bit easier. I was meeting you know musicians at USC, but. It's a graduate degree, so I lived in Koreatown. I didn't. I don't have a roommate. Yeah, it's not like you're living on campus in the yeah. dorm and like meeting lots of people. That right. could be very <laughs> tough in grad school. Yeah, yeah. We, you don't have that orientation and, process. And I didn't like. I'm not. I don't really know. Uh, like I don't typically like go out to do things where you can meet other girls. Like I, like my extracurricular activity was salsa dancing. And I did meet people doing that. And like I met uh, friends who were in a class that I took and like my teachers were my friends, but it wasn't like the same kind of thing as like meeting somebody who has similar interests as you or is a similar age to you. Like a lot of the people I was meeting through that were older than me. How did you suss out that you guys were a good match? Like, uh, <laughs> how do you get it? How do you get it from BFF Bumble to meeting up for coffee or something? Well, and, and, and my second part of the question is, how do you know that it's not someone trying to hook up with you? Well, because if you go on Bumble and you want to date women as a woman, you can do that. I feel like I feel like <laughs> there's a lot of lesbians think, that use BFF Bumble. I think you. Well, you're obviously going to say like you're what you're looking for, and like you're going to write all that in your bio, so you're going to know. Like, yeah, like it's going to say I'm into men, I'm into women, I'm into both, and you're going to check one of those boxes. And then there's going to be like I'm looking for a friendship only, I'm looking for a relationship. Yeah, and you're going to check one of those boxes. Yeah, it was pretty obvious with my friend Olivia that she. I hope she doesn't mind that I'm calling her out, but we we matched or like we met up and watched The Bachelor together oh, at fun. my house and she brought wine <laughs> and it was like, it was, at first I was super nervous. I was like, I don't, what are we gonna do? Like, what's gonna happen? And then we just talked about The Bachelor and that, seemingly that's the only way I meet people these days. <laughs> yeah, you're a two like for two here. Well, <laughs> let's give Bachelor franchise some credit well, for I've, creating not only yeah. relationships and marriages, I've, but friendships. I've always said this, that The Bachelor, I, I'll be as critical as possible about the show, uh, with in a lot of ways, but for me as a, as a comic, it's the closest thing I can talk about. And there's like a common denominator of people that follow it, where I can make jokes and kind of play on the human condition. Where it's like I'm not going to go break down some the lead character of Scandal. It's a it's these aren't real people. Yeah. Like you want to talk to that? You want to hear about the real people and their issues that they had? And like like we've said before with Colton, we've all got a piece of these people inside of us that's not good, not healthy, or there there is love, or this like. And there's funny in the failure too. Yeah. You know, like all of us are flawed, deeply flawed individuals. What's there's, funny is that you both have it. questioned whether or not you would be good on the show and you've both banged down the door of exes. <laughs> Tasha's like, I don't think I possess the dramatic element. I would be dramatic. On I the think cobblestone. I could be <laughs> if I needed to be. I think what happens is. Yeah, but if, that was like on a dark street in the middle of the night and 
there weren't any witnesses. But these shows, <laughs> you know what I mean, mean? They, like the, when you're on national television, you want to put on your best behavior. They obviously booze you up, but you also don't get much sleep. They they cut out. What's what's yeah. been interesting with the show because it's been on for twenty plus seasons is that. Uh, social media has taken this crazy addiction upwards and so in a, in a normal world a normal show would kind of like you'd lose like it'd lose its allure but mm-hmm. the show's actually gone through the roof because pe- these are people that haven't for the most part spent a day without their cell phones all being told to go sit in in this like That's jury true. selection area and then they and then ruminate and what we've noticed with this past season and I, I hope people that don't watch The Bachelor can follow along with this conversation. <laughs> I think it makes sense. I think it's enough in our like lexicon of pop culture. But you get guys like um, uh, uh, Brendan, who who was uh, ruminating a lot about what Taisha would be doing on her fantasy suites with the other guys. Because what's going on? I think on? that was a little bit manufactured. <laughs> I Maybe. think that was a little bit manufactured. He no, he was getting nervous. He was sweating because he was like, "Oh shoot, I'm getting to the end, and I'm not that into this." I think he was yeah. starting to question his, like, uh, you know, really where, that, where he was. Yeah, I think he wanted the first date so that he could leave right away. Like, I think he had figured out that he was probably going to tell her he wasn't ready and leave. And he got the last date, right? So he had to wait through all the other two guys' dates. And I think that's why he seemed so anxious. I think and the he way, was like, yeah. I'm going to break up there. The way it there. used to be <laughs> is you would... They've changed to different seasons, but you used to not mingle with the other finalists when it was Fantasy Suite Week. Yeah. So, again, it's an incredible, it's an incredible story because with what I see as a when when I make this Bachelor content is you've got a heavy group of sort of. Um, uh, evangelical, the middle America yeah. that that wants everyone to be like they root heavily for like but, the Christian, but, but they have no clue. But there's no breaking down of what's going on in the fantasy suite. And I'm not against like if someone decides to have sex with the final three contestants, but it still even baffles me when I remember like, oh, this is happening on Disney essentially on ABC, ABC. and ABC. and they're like, they'll blur out a butt cheek, right? They'll kind of Photoshop someone's side boob. You know, with Claire, they had to build, Tasha's, you know, in, in the fashion world, so she noticed they were like building new dresses to keep her side <laughs> cleavage from showing. Yet, that yet, was excessive. Yeah, well, she, Claire's excessive. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, lights out, and then they're all banging in an Airstream, whatever they're doing. And, um, and again, I don't have any sort of, but like, do you think you'd be able to handle that? Like falling for someone and knowing they're, they're going to test the waters with someone else? You know, I, I mean, I would say now that I would, that's not, but who knows in the moment how much like jealousy, if you know that your yeah. relationship's going somewhere, but you're wondering, is their relationship also in the like, same Like, do place? you even have a book to read? They're on a date and then all of a sudden the no fireworks go off and you're like, I hear fireworks. We know what's next. <laughs> like you just, you know, what's going on. You know, uh, they, they never show what's really going on in the house as, as the other people are on the date. And um, what's interesting on the show is that you'll see friendships made for life. But at the same time, they're all, they're all, there's two different things happening. There's a fraternity and a sorority kind of vibe to like learning to like live and coexist with people going through the same experience. Yeah. And then there's also, you're all fighting for the same love and attention of whoever the lead is. Yeah. I like, I think that a lot of the leads give the perspective I think even Tasha might have said this, that she wanted to exhaust her other options. She wanted to, like, make sure that the choice that she knew she wanted to make was the right one by, like, evaluating the other, the, la- the remaining Exactly the opposite of what Claire did. Yeah. And that was my, you know, I really, I really 
enjoyed Claire. She took so much heat, but I really no, I liked, liked her <laughs> a lot. I liked that she was like strong and opinionated and wasn't going to take any bull crap. The problem but to interrupt. She, she really like just showed her cards. Like the, she didn't play it out at all. She didn't let herself give herself the opportunity to be surprised with people, by somebody. With people that say like, I'm just going to tell you how it is. Most likely those are people that that uh, that have an issue it's not about that she was strong-minded it's that she created she created drama when it didn't exist and she was just she was a perfect example of someone ruminating over like her image and, and you know we find out afterwards that she's highly anxious issue. and an introvert so like clearly she was yeah. overthinking every scenario and when the guys wouldn't look at her in the right way she literally started attacking them being like oh you're not here for me and it's like whoa could she i mean going yeah. like it, she's she would be the type of person that um when you're dating them, if like you've ever like brought your baggage into a relationship and you immediately see someone's red flags, it doesn't mean they're a bad person, but like you got to like sort of hide your, you got to hide your scar (laughs) tissue till you get to know somebody in a way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's an opportunity for that deep conversation. If somebody like brought out all their deepest, darkest secrets on date, on the very first date, on the very first night, people would be upset. Tasha, did you want some of this red wine? Are you finished with yours? I'm not, but I can't finished. Here, watch this. I I must have not. Yeah. This is a chug time. You you help, you help yourself there. And I'm going to, I'm going to take this moment to, um, uh, fill up the red wine here, here, take that. Oh, I just spilt a little bit. I got a little red wine on our uh, mic cords here. Maybe that'll solve the uh, buzz problem that we have. So uh, the next step in uh, picking Lisa's brain is going to be to find out what went wrong with the last relationship here, which I'm excited to hear about. Um, now, so you you weren't finished with your uh, rosé? I chugged it. You ch- oh, you chugged it? And this is a Beyond Red blend. Now, uh, if anyone follows us from Vlogmas, you'll know that Tasha bought on Christmas Eve a 12 Days of Christmas wine set. She bought it uh, 11 days late and got it at a very fantastic deal. 50 bucks off. Lisa, we're at, the, uh, we're at that uh, uh, part of our relationship now where we just look for deals. <laughs> so Tasha got these uh, wines. Because th- at Walmart, they were selling a 12-pack of these wines. In these, I, When I say 12-pack, I mean a 12-ounce can. can of wine. 12 so of two these glasses. For, eight, for $80. And I think Tasha no, got these 70. for 20 just something. Keep inflating. I'm inflating <laughs> it. But when you're ready, I'll give day. you some of this red wine if you want some. But I sure, noticed your rose is still working. You're working <laughs> overtime over there. So we're talking dating. Tell us what it was like to take your relationship into quarantine and not make it out in that, in the, with, with, together. Okay. So, um, well, it was pretty, it's kind of weird because I've been like recently singled in the middle of a pandemic. So that is difficult in its own way. And like, I haven't, I didn't get that like, oh, it's the pandemic, here's how everyone's dating or whatever right now. Um, And uh, with my relationship, we were actually very close to breaking up before the pandemic started, like right before. Like things were just a little rocky. Things were were very rocky. And living living together at that time? We were living in separate places. So we'd been long distance since we met, essentially, um, which was crazy. So how does that work with you? You guys met, obviously... When you were together, or yeah, okay. So uh, I'll give like a, a very brief overview of how we met in the beginning of it. I was living in Rochester. It was um, in March of 2019, and I was about to graduate, and I'd already gotten accepted to USC, so I knew I was going to move to Los Angeles. And um, 
I was like, I had been dating for, I was single for like eight months or something since at that point. And um, I'd just been like dating and uh, we met on Tinder or something, some dating app. I don't even remember which one. And he um, like made a comment about like, that I put in my profile, like, oh, I'm moving to LA eventually. Cause I didn't want to like, at that point I was like, I don't know when this is going to be. I don't want to something yeah. serious. I'm moving to a new city. You wouldn't give people deal. enough notice to know yeah. that like, this is my life plan. It, it might be happening. Yeah. Very if that's soon. not something you're into. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so don't hang out with me. And he, um, we messaged and he was like, yeah, well I'm, uh, leaving in two days to go back to Colorado, which okay. is where he lives. Um, and he had just gone back from Thailand, from living in Thailand for a month and um, was visiting his family and we got coffee. And it was like, it was just one of, it was really truly like one of the best dates. I think that either of us had been on, we just really connected. And uh, it was almost like, because we had no other choice than to see each other that day. And then we weren't gonna see each other again presumably like we didn't plan to uh see each other again um so that's how we started dating and then he went back to Colorado and I was still living in Rochester and um we spent like a week together at a time um starting in like maybe early June so just like flying back and forth to yeah. visit yeah so I um I flew out to see him. I was traveling for an oboe thing over the summer, so I flew to see him in Boulder. So we spent, that was like our second date or whatever, <laughs> right? And then he um, he travels, he got a new job and he travels for it, um, which is how I wound up staying with him over this past summer. But he was working nearby where I was living and so I would go see him on and off. And then he came to visit me in LA, like once I had moved here. So what made what made the decision uh, to go from possibly breaking up to kind of trying to push through the pandemic? Did you think it'd bring you closer together, or was it kind of one of those like let's just survive this global pandemic first? It was it was more like we he was really um, kind of pushing I think for us to break up more than I was. I was more like the whole time I have been very much like let's make it work. We have this great connection, like we love each other a lot. It's things are hard because we're apart, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be worth it. And when we were about to break up, it was right before I was supposed to go see him where he was working. And it was like spring break or something at USC. And so I convinced him to let me go see him and like try to figure it out in person and just, and I think he kind of thought like, okay, we'll see each other for a week and we'll break up and she'll leave and it'll be this like we'll have like a simple goodbye rather than like we're you'll have some all closure because you're in person yeah um and i went into it thinking like okay i'm gonna convince him <laughs> to keep I, dating i'm you i'm the same way like all right i'm bringing my toolbox and i'm gonna fix this thing right yeah, now i'm like i'm like i'm gonna tell you that like okay we'll have a nice time and if we break up at the end it's okay but in my mind i was like i'm gonna show up and convince you that we shouldn't break up and that you're being that this is like a uh, part of us being long distance, not and like, like yes, us exactly. Not being With long distance, you start to fill in the blanks of like red flags and go like, well, this is because we're not together, and if I can only do X, Y, and Z, which is yeah. the classic codependent thing to do. Yeah. If I can only do these things, I will make it better. Yeah, and we had a lot of like, I, like, um, like communication issues being long distance, and because I, 
I was salsa dancing all the time and he didn't really like understand. So like we had um, very like different ideas of like he, I think he wasn't convinced of how much I wanted to be in this relationship and only this relationship. And so I was kind of like, well, the only way I can show you is in person. One of his love languages is physical touch for sure. So it, it was kind of like a, a last ditch effort. Now, did he know that, did he tell you that that was his love language or did you have to like figure it out? Like, were you, were you like relationship therapying him to stay with you? <laughs> um, he never would have said that it was his love language, but I knew that it like the physical aspect of a relationship was very important to him because that was something we talked about being long distance. Did he know what was important to you? Like, did he care? Because a lot, well, um, I, and I ask this because a lot of times when you're codependent, you're pushing into things and the other person, whether whether they care or not, you'll still pursue them in a way. Yeah, I don't know. I think he understood what I wanted, but he was always kind of the person like, well, I can't, I can't be that person for you. Therefore we should break up or whatever. Like everything, it kind of felt like... So there was no compromising on his end, you felt like? I felt, I definitely felt like that. And and then we would stay together. And so I was like, well, that's the compromise that we're like, he's not just leaving or whatever. I've convinced him that, and I've convinced myself that this is working. Um, And I'm, I'm relatively independent. Like I didn't, I didn't like worry about him. You know, I wasn't, like, obsessed with him texting me every hour of every day. Uh, He had a very, he still has a very, like, time-consuming, difficult job. So we didn't always get to talk. Um, But there were definitely aspects that, like, I had things that I wished we could have done that I let go of for the sake of staying in the relationship. That if I had insisted, we would have just broken up. Now, <laughs> we Tasha and I heard a very great quote by Marianne Williamson today. Do you remember what it was? I told you to remember it, but I, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. But it was something. It was something on the lines of, "You're gonna." W- you're gonna well, you got to say it under the microphone. <laughs> Tasha was drinking wine day. and dog watching at the same time. Uh, you're gonna learn your lesson. It's up to you whether you're gonna learn it with like joy with, or through suffering. Through yeah, exactly. Huh. With so pain or- you're gonna get. And again, I'm not pointing you out because these are all lessons that uh, you know yeah of course we put ourselves through miserable circumstance sometimes to learn a lesson but what do you think the overall lesson was through that through the cycle of that relationship I mean it definitely taught me a lot about how much I care about a relationship like I I I don't want to quit early (laughs) you know like I want to know yeah, you want to give it a fair shake. And I want, I think it taught me that I want someone who is also going to do that. And that I, if I'm the one that's constantly like, we need to make this work, we need to make this work, that's not the person for me. And no matter how many other things make them seem like they are, like no matter, I, I think this relationship in particular, there was a lot of like chemistry and passion and partly because we were apart for so much of our relationship when we were together it felt really special. Um, so the good, so the good yeah. aspects would be like that you guys were good in the moment when you could be together. That would be yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> well, what's, what's tough is anything anything from as little as like 
uh, having good sex, being like sexually compatible to right. we we look good in photos. I mean, anything as simple as that can be a reason to want to hold on to a relationship. Oh, my mom said she liked him. <laughs> yeah. How many my times? My younger brother really liked him. Exactly. And you go, well, so and so likes him. Steve likes him. Then I guess yeah. I can, uh, you know, I can look over the fact that he's a d bag on the other occasions because yeah. you know. And, and the other thing for me was like I, when I met him. I was convinced that he was my soulmate. Like, the day we met, I was like, this... I, I mean, I was 21, so I was young and had been in a couple, you know, like, three or four, long, like, longer important relationships up to that point. You thought you were soulmates. Yeah, which we... put so much pressure on It put a lot of them. pressure, and I hate being wrong. So part of I why I held on for so long was, like, I was convinced I told all of my friends I was like I this is know. the one this is it like no matter what like we can work through difficult times because that initial connection to me was something that I hadn't experienced before so I think what I really learned was that I think people probably experienced that more than once and that's okay yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> how fresh is the breakup and was it one of those how did you know? Because it sounds like you, you had revived it a few times. How did you know this is dead and, okay. and stop convincing yourself that there was another shot at it? Well, so we, when we were about to break up in February, I went to go see him and then the pandemic shut school down for me. So I had no reason to leave. Like I was going to have to go and go back to school and then maybe we would have had a different circumstance. But I had no reason to leave and I was like, well, why don't I just... Like, things are going okay. Like, why don't I just stay <laughs> with you right now? And, uh, like, traveled with him while he was working and stuff. And then we broke up pretty soon after I got back to Los Angeles. Um, and I had spent, like, a month in his apartment while he was working. So he wasn't there with me. He had to go back to work. And there were a whole bunch of things that happened. When I got back here, I kind of felt like, okay, he's, like we're having a lot of space, like we're not talking all the time. And I felt like this is a good thing. You know, like we have gotten to this point where we know each other so well and we spent so much time living together uh -huh. that we could handle this like brief moment of separation. Um, and it was pretty much after that that he was like, I, I think we should break up. And he was coming to visit me. He just was, he was like not at that point in his life where he could do a serious relationship. You know, that is a lot of, like what he told me was that the things he wants to do, he can't do while having a serious girlfriend, especially one that is long distance. Well, and I mean, yeah, he's jet, <laughs> he sounds like he's jet setting and going around and not, and just not being in a place where, you know, yeah. he, where he can responsibly be a good guy give you a good boyfriend at least. yeah and and I think that for me it was like okay we have been through this conversation so many times and I can't fly out there right now and convince you and otherwise who wants, to, who wants to be responsible for that like yeah. why would you want to have to convince somebody yeah so I think it deserved to get so you this essentially gave up shake. you gave yeah. up trying to resuscitate something he was trying to kill yes <laughs> yeah no, I'm not, I, I'm not. I did try a little bit longer after that like after that conversation um codependents don't get enough credit <laughs> for the work that they put in well that's why i related so much to your videos about colton and talking about what it was like to be codependent because i didn't really realize that that was me and like i knew that i liked 
I like being in relationships. I have been in several serious relationships, like more so than other people my age, I think. And I'm just kind of willing to stick it out for yeah. that reason, you know? And that'll that'll be good when you're in a situation where it's reciprocated. And it's, I think, the, look, I, I've, I've heard, so, I've read so much about why codependency is bad, but I think there's a healthy level where it's like, if that's what your addiction is, that you, that you want to love somebody and put their needs over your own, not yeah. the worst, but you need to be healthy. But if you can take care of yourself, then you can manage that addiction. Now, what's, what happened with Colton? You know, I'm no psychologist, but like, yeah, you're in, you're in this stay at home order where like you can't go meet new people or whatever. You're kind of trying to do a long distance, which is essentially a stay at home order because you're like, well, I'm not going to go meet new people, but I've got nowhere else to be your, your hobbies. You're not, you're not going to school. You know, if, if, if school's on shutdown, I mean, so many variables can throw people in easily into a real bad situation. Yeah. And I think it was hard for both of us because I, we had a lot of differences in terms of like, I grew up very lucky. You know, my parents helped me live in all these places. My grandma paid for me to go to college. Like that is a privilege that I had that I didn't like grow up lacking resources to pursue what I wanted to do. Like I'm a classical musician. That's not something you can do easily without that kind of privilege. Like I couldn't have bought my instrument when I was 17 if I didn't have help from my family. And um, losing Oboe during the pandemic seems like you could see it, like he kind of saw it as like, well, you're pursuing your dream. I've never gotten to do this. I'm in this job that is really hard that I don't really like. I didn't finish college. And he had all of these like hangups about how I was upset (laughs) that I couldn't go to school like I I wasn't you know I couldn't play in an orchestra and I was having a really hard time dealing with like well what does this mean for my career and like my passions like I was just really down um as a lot of people were when like the thing you care about the most is in a way taken away from you and there's no plan everything's harder yeah Yeah. it's like not only is this your dream it's also your social circle it's also like your daily get out of bed reason get get out of bed reason that's a good one tasha tasha loses her get out of bed reason (laughs) i'm staying in bed let me tell you something she can spiral if i wasn't there to make her a coffee with a little whipped cream to get her out of bed there could be days (laughs) tasha where you just don't have a reason as long as you can plug that iphone in oh yeah watch a little tv (laughs) watch a little tv you don't need to get out of and it's and and uh, what you realize is that once you you know part of adulting is realizing you have no one telling you you miss practice you you have no one telling you you didn't show up for something a lot of what we do you know we talk about this as like as like gig employees and yeah. You know, is that like no one's going to tell you you're not trying hard enough or you're not doing this and then all of a sudden or hold the- you accountable. You have to hold yourself accountable. Yeah. But obviously mental health is uh, something most people don't realize until they lose it. How valuable right. it is to have that steady bedrock. And I felt like in in this relationship we really struggled with the fact that like he was still working during this whole time. So like his sense of normalcy didn't go away. Yeah, and he felt like I still had the better life, right? Like I still was pursuing my dream and like I would, and in a lot of ways I had a really amazing summer. Like I got to spend like, we're jumping around, but I spent um, like five months or something living in a, a renovated school bus. 
with him. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to ask. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Dave, we've, we've lost an afro. <laughs> you oh, that's all right. I bought an eight pack of those. Oh no! That's, <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> this is the best thing to ever happen to the podcast. <laughs> is the dog going to you town? Well, he probably doesn't oh, want boy. it. Oh boy! Oh, red wine! Red wine! <laughs> Here, just don't let him touch the wine so he doesn't track it around. <laughs> all right. We have a mascot, Sorry. folks. We've got a, He well, loves you. Well, you oh know, gosh. for sure, Tasha's going to be puppy shopping after Xander. this. Xander! For They're sure. They're hard to get in Los Angeles right now. I, I can't imagine... <laughs> He's got something to say. I can't uh -oh. imagine that Boone was this uh, <laughs> boisterous, but we... Bo Boone was not this boisterous. Boone has always been a lazy dog. So. Having a dog that's uh, going on 13 years old, it's fun to see a dog that actually knows how to move a little bit. There's your, <laughs> mic, your mic flag. Oh, I don't think your I mic, need that. Mic <laughs> um, so we appreciate people um, uh, taking part in the in the dog... Uh, the doggy ADD, which I must say, I think we've all done a fantastic job of keeping focus uh, because I know Taji just wants to look at the dog all day and I get it. But um, yeah, so so uh, was living in the school bus. Now, now I, I'm going to project here, but I can imagine there's there are women listening to this hating your ex because he sounds like the guy who just wants to live his life and you were kind of along for his journey. Um, was there was there a feeling that you were along for his journey? Like, like, uh, hey, if you can make it, I'll be in Des Moines, you know, on the bus or... You know, honestly, no. He was very adamant the whole time that he didn't want my life to revolve around what he was doing. Like, it was more out of convenience <laughs> because of the pandemic. Like, it wouldn't have happened if I didn't have the ability... Like, I was in online school. I didn't want to go back to L.A. and live alone when everything was shut down um and I'm also like I'm a classical like I play the oboe I can play the oboe anywhere so I was practicing and I was making videos and like I was doing my own thing um we were this is our living situation was just on the road so I got to experience a lot of really cool things um so I don't he was very adamant that he was like I don't want your life to just be my life like that I but think that was even something with he was even with him about. being adamant about that. You found that you were still uh, willing to adapt to his life. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Like, how honestly, far how far would you have gone to make this work? Uh oh, oh, he hit the, oh no! <laughs> I love that he hit the he hit the let's talk about sex button. Very nice. He's done more um, DJing work than I have. Okay, well, let's see. How far would I have gone to make this work? I don't know. I like like uh, was there any point where you would have dumped him? Probably not, but I don't dump people. <laughs> so this, is great for, this is great for Bachelor. Person. She's not going to dump you. Get her on the show. <laughs> no, look, I'm laughing, but I'm the, I'm, I'm very similar in, in the sense where uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to uh, be the giving tree and just shave my, my cord onto a stump. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like, to put it in perspective, like, I was willing to stop salsa dancing if that upset him so much. And this is something, like, I've been a dancer... So we're talking jealousy because you're dancing with a guy? Yes. Gyrations? Yeah. And um, my parents are going to hate this if they ever watch because my parents are both dancers. And so I grew up dancing. They own a dance studio together. Um, and salsa dancing was just kind of like something I found in college that I it was like a way to keep dancing that was fun. And um, that's all. It's, like, it's just a way to dance for me. And uh, we had like multiple fights about this. And it was this whole thing. Um Tough one, tough one, because I'm kind of on his side right now where I go, yes. well, I mean, imagine Rico Suave over there with the moves. There no, is that but. side of it where it's like, okay, I can understand where he was coming from in 
uh, he doesn't know who I'm dancing with. Like going out social dancing was something that I stopped very like early on in our when I realized this was going to be a problem, especially being long distance. When you say social dancing, you mean going to a salsa club where yes. where it's in, imagined that you'd go on the dance phone and just randomly meet a guy and you start dancing. So you didn't you stopped that? Yeah, I stopped doing that and. Um, I started so taking <laughs> classes instead, which I liked way better. So, like, I didn't – that was way more fun for me to just go to class and – I don't know what he did. He's fine. He's good. <laughs> um, and, like, take with the, with the same people. I was practicing with then people I knew, and I just wouldn't go out on the weekend. And that was fine. Um, but we still even had, like, issues around that because I was then on a performance team. So part of the gig with my classes was that we were going to perform at an event in front of people, which I love doing. Maybe traveling where you got to go. Uh, yeah, I was going to be like at time. a hotel in Orange County oh, somewhere. Oh, yeah, so. you got a hotel with a guy that you're going to be just also <laughs> dancing with. I mean, it's Yeah, so okay, it, it causes complications. And then as much as I can say, like, these people were my friends, I talked about my relationship with them. Like, he's not there to see that. He's never met them. But a, it would be the fair. Added, that's giving him like a lot of credit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But that's like how far I would be willing to go. Is that? Wait, well, hold on, I, Tasha. You're giving the guy credit. <laughs> I mean, no, it's, a, it's that's a tough like place. Being very generous with him. Doesn't he have relationships in his life where like he can understand, he can relate that it's just a plutonic thing? But we can understand it, it's that his passion and while it might look a little tricky from a distance, like you just gotta have said, a little faith. She said his quality, his love language is is touch. Yes. And now, and so and she's giving that to someone else. that was super wrapped up in it. Like, he was like, I don't even care if, like, I, I, he never felt like I was cheating on him. But the fact that I was letting some other man touch me at all, to him, it was like, it's sexual because they're doing it. Even though to me, I'm like, they're my friends. And but when your aunt kisses you <laughs> on the forehead, is that sexual? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, a, there's a, you know, the, like, there's a balance to all of it. Well, yeah. I know. I mean, like even with the, even with the balance, I know, like when we talk about showmances, I know people that have been on the road on their on their theater tour and cheated on their on their partner because they end up spending so much time with someone else that they, they cross boundaries. Like, I, I just know of these. It's, it's, it can I, happen. I was, it can happen. Again. And, like, I don't, I'm not that kind of person like like I said I would have done anything for this relationship I was very loyal I was not interested in anyone else ever like I it wasn't an option for me like I, I didn't care that I didn't get to see him every weekend like if we saw each other once a month I was like it it's more about the connection it was more about the connection to me than the physical relationship but because the physical relationship was so important to him that really got in the way because my physical relationship with other people was also important. Compounded with the difference, the, with the distance, I mean. Yes. I'll say yeah. this. It was, yeah. This is why some people on, on YouTube like haven't liked the stances I've taken, is that <laughs> I'd like to just, like, you're in the right here. You you should be able to pursue your passion. He should be able to trust you. Yeah. But I still like to know why someone felt the jealousy they felt and say, all right, well, if you're going to look at it that way, then, yeah, th you have a valid point, but also, right. you know, there are ways to fix it. And it, he probably wasn't willing to go through the growth. Where, yeah. like, if Tasha, like, if, if the thing that brought her joy was salsa dancing, I'd be like, I guess I'd have to find a way to love hearing her talk about it afterwards. Oh, what was it yeah, like? Or oh. you take up salsa dancing. Or I take up salsa yeah. dancing. But, you know, obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know. But and I, I, I tried to teach him a couple times, but... Um, it, I think it was intimidating because it's something that I have done for a very long time. And I like dancing 
a lot and I like I'm you know like in a high level performance team like it was like just you know for fun we weren't competing or anything but I have been a dancer my whole life so it, I think it can be intimidating for sure when you're Dating all rusty or you've never done it before you're like, yeah you and show he wanted like he was like well you're not getting the same thing out of it dancing with me that you would be dancing with like one of your teachers and while that's true it's not the same it didn't mean I didn't love dancing with him and um it was just something that we like ended up never agreeing on and that was kind of a concession that I made that I was like I'm never going to convince him to feel the way I feel about it and we had to, lots of discussions about like how can we make this something that is acceptable for both of us because when I said like I'll just quit like I don't care I just want to be with you he that upset him as well because he didn't want me to quit something that I love so th there was definitely like a, we were trying to find a balance right uh, but that in particular I felt like we just a absolutely never were gonna be on the same terms well about. that's sort of heartbreaking because obviously you know it's interesting it's I think it's interesting to know that you're capable of, of giving up something you love for someone else yeah. like I get that but at the same time you know realizing that you were willing to do that should be something you look at internally and go I need to take care of me and that's so right. what, what happens <laughs> so much after relationships we're here when like oh I'm worried about me I'm investing in me and it's I totally get what you're saying is that you need to rebuild this base of who you are because so much is given to somebody. And then when the relationship ends, you're just some like little, yeah. I'm like, well, who am I now? Its feathers. I, I was like, and the fact that I was willing to give it up was actually something that I struggled with. Like I would have done anything to keep this relationship together. And so what, it, like, who does that make me essentially? Like what, are, what are the things I care about? And I think that I like when it, the relationship ended, I really struggled with like I hadn't I felt like I hadn't expressed myself in the relationship like a lot of things I was just like okay, like that's fine, whatever. <laughs> and so then I felt like I don't know how to say anything that I feel anymore. Like I really kind of like put up a wall like well, I just need to like be solid so that the things that he is upset about don't phase me so that yeah, we can say together. We've had this issue, Tasha, where I have a hard time saying what I truly think and I have a hard time saying no when you're like, let's go on a hike. And I'm like, but I've got all these other things to do and you're throwing this on me. And then it's, and then it can turn into like, well, you know, it can turn into something else where I don't want to say no. I want to be able to put my foot down, but also I want, I want to make you happy. And that's the struggle with a codependent. I don't know <laughs> if you can quite understand and I'm not pointing you out, Tasha, but this is what we do is we kind of like, you know, use our own examples where we, we're, I've, we've, we've considered Tasha to be more of a counter dependent where it's like, if we fight, she's like, fuck you. And yeah. if we fight, I'm like, but wait, you know, like, let's figure this out. But I think you're like making a very simplistic sort of like overview of what happens. My frustration with you in that sort of scenario is that I think that you're so hyper focused on whatever it is that's on your to-do list today or goals you want to accomplish or whatever's going on in your head right that moment that you like forget about flexibility. Um, yeah, we're, we, we got to upgrade <laughs> this equipment. If anyone wants to join our Patreon, you can help us buy some new equipment here. <laughs> Patreon.com slash this app, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash T-H-E-S-A-P. I want to give a shout out to Liz Breen, who's one of our newer Patreon members and also a YouTube subscriber. So we thank you for that. I like how I just throw a random uh, plug in there at any moment. <laughs> so um, 
what what we like to do with our relationship is look at yeah there have been moments where I haven't been flexible but it might take me three minutes mm-hmm. it might take me three minutes but in those three minutes I'm gonna look you like you go through an the a-hole. full range of emotions <laughs> because I get attacked I get attacked on a personal level when Tasha wants to go on a hike and I gotta and I gotta go to a mic because on the personal level I go I have to go get better at comedy so I can make money and provide for this family uh-huh. but I don't say that I just go no no, no I gotta do this <laughs> and then and then she's like well, why can't you just do a hike first and I have to go okay well if i shuffle this around so for me it's like it's it's reorganizing takes delicacy and i would ask tasha and i think you've gotten better at this but i would ask you to remember if you're going to float new ideas by me and again this might be <laughs> this might be like sound sound enabling but isn't relationships all isn't it about like learning what the other person's yeah. flare-ups are and dancing around them so yeah do you so think it's, that's because you're codependent and she's counter-dependent or <laughs> or is that like more of a personality thing i think it's it's tough it's always easy I, like the first thing i always say when i make like youtube videos is like look i'm a piece of shit uh i i've been the i've been that guy i've been this person and what i hate most i'll just uh, digress for a second here what i hate most is people that go i put my headphones on just make sure it's not <laughs> playing any unlicensed music the dog just jumped on the equipment uh what bothers me is when people go oh you you know, they'll correlate me for like uh, being able to forgive someone with me being able to enable someone. So like, I don't enable someone to be a, a stalker, but I can understand what got them into that position. Yeah. And, and we lack this bait on, on the internet. We lack this basic empathy where we can relate to other people. And like, yeah. I can relate to people that do really bad thing. I mean, it doesn't mean I co-sign it or I believe in it, but I, I can just look at things and go, well, yeah, that's but a. It's important to be able to like take a look, like how did this person get here, so that you can like walk it back, you know, yeah. like when you see it in like d- digestible steps. Because the hardest thing is how do you, how do you it's go? It's a reflection. You go. How did Colton Underwood buy a tracking device and put it <laughs> under his ex's car? And I bet you. And again saying this where I don't agree with it. I've never Googled. I did want to buy a tracking device, but it's because someone stole the battery twice out of my car. <laughs> so I've been wanting to put a, a tracker on my battery, but that's for my own reasons. And in legally penal code 637.7, uh, which I've learned the penal codes for this scenario, <laughs> I would be allowed to track my own equipment. Okay. And, and I would, if I, if I owned a comp, a store and you were using my work vehicle, I could track your vehicle, but yeah. I couldn't put a tracker on your, your car. That is illegal. That could uh, be served up to 365 days in California. Uh, uh, state prison so uh, but uh, but uh, but with that said was he trying to figure men are so stupid with wanting <laughs> to find clues as to why the relationship ended did he really think she was with her ex Kaylin or whatever that guy's name was was there really a moment where he was like if i could just find out was he like could i if i could just find out how how you know why she ended it with me you know so, yeah. so, it was psychotic in nature to want to know that but uh, yeah. if i could just find out she's going to that place i'll put a tracking device so illegal so not right but would be really nice if he just admitted to like kind of like what that was because people like you and myself and even Tasha <laughs> could relate to be like you've banged a door down and peed on a guy's shoes or whatever you did over there Tasha Marie and I've and I've been by the way I'm always going to take you seriously now when you say you have to use the bathroom like let's get Tasha a bathroom <laughs> and then I've been you know guilty of just of, of um, you know whatever cyber you know going on someone's Facebook just because going on someone's Facebook to see where they are is easy and legal doesn't make it any less creepy than putting a tracking device on someone's car yeah you doesn't know, make it any, any more right. The one thing that I, I felt like I learned a lot from this relationship was something that my ex said was that you never really know why somebody broke up with you. Even if they tell you, I don't like this X, Y, and Z thing that you do, or 
I don't want to be in a relationship. Sure. Like they can say whatever they want, but you are never going to know the, the like gut reason that they did it. And that really helps me. Like I've still struggled with the breakup, but I was like, it doesn't matter why we broke up at the end of the day. Like I can be like happy with who I am and how I am in a relationship and how I treat people. And that person's not my person or the circumstances weren't right and it's okay. And I like, I find that I obsess more over just like trying to get someone to get back together with me than even like, well, are they with somebody else? Like, what's the motivation behind this? It was more just like, well, what can I do to convince them that they should be with me? <laughs> I wonder if you would Sometimes be... Sometimes nothing. <laughs> I wonder if you would be the girl on Bachelor who goes back into the guy's private room <laughs> to, like, make a situation better, and then he sends you home from there. I wonder if that's... <laughs> I hope not. I hope that I've learned that... I I think, like, I have definitely learned that dealing with something in the moment is not how everyone deals with something. Like, taking a breather would probably have helped a lot of my fights in in this past relationship we fought a lot and we fought very like in a way that I haven't fought with a lot of people in my life or a lot of partners even just like it was very explosive and and you got to channel sometimes you got to channel that to like giving <laughs> Olivia a call you got to go over there and BFF Bumble and give her a call because sometimes yes, we I put all her. of we put all of our emotional uh labor on our partner when that should be worked out. It's almost like this. And again, your partner should be the person you confide in, but it's almost like when you go to court, you got to do like a lot of pre-court work before you present it to the judge. And the judge being just how they perceive you, how you come off. So like if you have something you want to tell your boyfriend or if anyone's listening, your significant other, you really got to work out what it is you want to say and how you want to say it as best as possible so you can communicate it fully and a yeah. lot of times in relationships it's you just i'm never gonna talk to you again and then two <laughs> minutes later call hey listen here's the thing it's like you just go I from would like never say that i would absolutely never tell someone i'll never talk to them again because that is like i'm immediately going to regret that decision <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i cannot commit to that <laughs> yeah you know i don't we've t- we've we uh, you know what we've learned and we've been together for seven years now is um we've learned i think to use to choose our words wisely although yeah. i will say tasha loves to you love to drop f-bombs <laughs> when you're angry and what i've learned is no f-bombs because i learned she'll go you said blah, blah. so i go all right you know what my decibel level is gonna stay here i'm gonna talk gently <laughs> and you know so we've learned we've learned some rules of engagement i think you would agree we've learned some rules of engagement so even when we have differences of opinions we don't create a fire larger than it needs to be because you got to create yeah. fire. Sometimes she's like, "All right, we're gonna have to burn this area, but let's just torch the <laughs> perimeter and create a burn line before we torch down the city." Which we've probably done in the past is proverbially torched cities down as we were just trying to search for the words. And so much yeah. of a relationship is trying to search for the words. But in the end, in circumstances where like you gave it the old college try, you tried your best. He wasn't gonna meet you there, and that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah. And yeah. then you've got, and then you finally got to the answer like we said before our marion williamson quote of the day is right. sometimes you learn your lesson through joy and sometimes through pain Lots and of pain <laughs> pain but that's just one of the ways where you, it singes into you and hopefully with the next guy you meet you understand not to go for a guy that's not willing to meet you in the middle mm-hmm. and also maybe learn that you need to not ever ditch whatever is core to your happiness yeah i think the other thing that like i really 
enjoyed about especially the months that we lived together in his bus and traveled is like I really found a different side of myself like I have always been like very kind of anxious person I don't like to take a lot of risks (laughs) like I don't like new things I don't like new places and like I learned how to travel. I saw parts of the world I had never seen before uh, or parts of the country. And I I let a lot of that like control that I have issues with that, that it goes along with codependency. Like codependency at the end of the day is like you want control over your like relationship essentially. Right. Like it's, I'm, I wouldn't give up because the, the idea of not being in a relationship made me feel out of control. Right. And not being in this one. So I, it definitely taught me a lot about how to be flexible and to kind of like go with the flow and to live in the middle of the woods in a bus without a bathroom. <laughs> like there are a lot of things that Tasha I Tasha would love that, by the way. I think she would. We've, we've looked at some Airstream convert. <laughs> Airstreams or are bus. so expensive. <laughs> so expensive. You got to spend 30 grand Uh-oh. just to get. Just <laughs> well, look, we were getting, uh, literally about to get out of here. How great are these cords of these uh, wow. headphones that we have? Inc- oh my god! Um, anyway, <laughs> took the phone part. I'm uh, sorry. No worries. Um, so it'll go. Back oh, he's on. on it. Is he on it right now? Yeah, get that. Um, <laughs> I can't. I wish oh. we had a. Uh, <laughs> you can't see. Come here. Come here. Come here. I can't reach him. I think this is far more interesting oh, to no. to an audience oh, than. You got him. I got him, but I didn't get this part. All right. Uh, well, the is, funniest part is if his patience is if we didn't, the if there wasn't a, a dog here and we were just pretending to have a dog running around this whole time. I think the audio. Oh no. I, I think at the very least this will convince someone who listens. No, you, you can give him that. I don't care. I just don't think. I think if he eats it, it'll not be the best thing for him. Um, sound equipment. Uh, I think we're we're packing this up, folks. But I I think that this will be at least a good reason for someone to check out the podcast. <laughs> YouTube. We, on YouTube. On YouTube, we did promise He's our really guests cute. that we would throw He's these out because I bought a six pack. <laughs> They're v- destroying. Them. They're very cheap, but this will be a good photo because that is a destroyed mic cover, uh, which is no I'm very worries. Sorry. No worries. It's the first casualty of 2021. I brought so many things to try to keep him occupied so he wouldn't <laughs> chew on the equipment. Uh, did you, we never had this with the dog, but we have a, we have an old dog. But anyway, I I, uh, I want to get you out of here. Um, we come back and let like let us know how it goes when the world opens back up. I know Tasha's going to want to go salsa dancing. So oh my god, absolutely. If there's ever an amateur we night, I just absolutely. Go. I don't want. I'm I'm here's where I'm at. I don't want some dude to pull Tasha aside. And, and, and do the, the old limbo, whatever whatever they do together. Okay, there are ways to be very clear that you are at a salsa event and you're not looking to date. You just say no. If some guy is giving you a creepy look, don't dance with that guy. Like, I, I dance with people I know, which is why I started going to class, so that I could know who I know. And I would go with a group and, like, other people have relationships and go salsa dancing a lot of the times they're like two they're together and they both salsa dance like my teachers are like that but it's totally possible yeah well good good to know i'll be back in um august probably so are you you heading back to to denver is that where you yeah so i'm actually uh ironically so i mentioned earlier that my ex is lives in colorado well he travels for work but technically he lives in colorado and i was there over the summer um, by myself or like staying with some of his friends and 
I, I just love it there and LA is not doing it for me right now. So weirdly enough, I am moving to Longmont, Colorado. It's like a suburb of Boulder. Um, I don't plan on seeing my ex. I hope that's clear. It's not to do anything like that. I just... You just um, like the area. After. I really like the area. It's beautiful. I'm going to have a house and a roommate. Amazing. Like there's a yard and like there's a dog park. and. Um, yeah, we drove through Colorado last year. We drove through yeah. Utah and Colorado. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was it's gorgeous, beautiful. but we had bad traffic in Colorado. I remember that. <laughs> there was a lot there's of traffic. traffic. But that was like a here. Sunday afternoon... Uh, that, I do remember that that day because uh, that was a. It was a beautiful day, so everyone was at all the ski resorts. Yes, there's yeah. always there was a ton traffic of traffic for that, and um, yeah, just LA's. It's not the place. It's a tough right place now. right now. <laughs> we're we're hanging here, you know. We're, you we're, guys have each other. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a big difference. We got each other sure. and a lot of Chinese food to go. That's yes, been the. I'm gonna miss the food, and um, I'm planning to come back, like I said, to go to USC um, to just get another degree and hopefully live with some friends this time not by myself but uh for now i was like well school's online and i want to go on hikes with my dog and not be yelled at on is the there street. is there anything that you would like to promote that if people wanted to reach out to oh. you or, or your instagram or anything else um my instagram is lisa reed maker it's reed r-e-a-d maybe you can like put it in the notes or whatever. Absolutely, I'll be in the show um, notes. That's probably the best place to follow me. I have an oboe Instagram that's reads reads. R e a d s r e e d s. Yes, exactly. That's complicated. Uh, <laughs> reads reads. If you want some cl more classical music content and not just me and the puppy, uh, you can follow me there. And sometimes I post stuff on YouTube, like videos of oboe things. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Well, this was a fantastic, uh, our first chat with, uh, with a friend that we've met through. Although I will say like Vic, Vic's not been on the podcast, but one of our Patreon members, big supporters and friends, uh, met, we met through, I think bachelor as well. Wow. And she lives here. I think we, I mean, we met, it's been so long. We don't know exactly where we met her, but it is a cool <laughs> community. And, uh, we appreciate that you found not only us, well, but you guys made it so, so easy. Like I never, I watch other people's live streams and I don't comment anything. Like I just, <laughs> I, I like, I watch, you know, videos. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like going on every podcast I see to be like, hey, yeah. <laughs> let me talk. Like I kind of was just like, you know. Well, I have no idea what I'm doing on the live stream. And I've just learned, I'm just figuring out the software. As as people who watch the live streams, I've seen I'm overheating cameras. <laughs> things are getting shut down. I've got no. But people no. Are, like talking in the comments. It's really nice. And um, some other people like from the podcast or from the live streams have like reached out to me and say hi, like Oz. I know like, yeah. he's super nice. And it's just been really great to like just feel like a part of something. I told, yeah, I, nothing else to do. I told Tasha, you know, I end the pot, I end the live streams and then, uh, and then I'll, I'll like click out to the exit screen and then I'll just read comments and respond. And the people will be like, bye, uh, see you later, Susan. Take care of that. Uh, Lisa. <laughs> it's like, yeah. We were talking about bachelor on it. So I just was like, you know, I'm going to throw it out there that I would, cause not a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people would say like, I would go on, the Bachelor or the yeah. Bachelorette, like it's well, you're fun at, to watch. you are at the right age for to if you did want to get into the pipeline of things because you're not as young. How old do you say you are? Twenty four. Twenty three. Twenty three. Mm -hmm. So you're not because like by the time you went to air, you might be twenty four or twenty five. You know if it, you know right. just depending on how it all goes. But then like you know people stay in the system there. They go on this. They go on that. Sometimes they'll apply for one season. The casting loves you, but it's like this person didn't want any chick with glasses. Their yeah. ex had glasses. They want nothing to do with glasses. Like. 
sorry, Lisa. You got You know, so it's like they're hard to film. But, like you but get you're, a lot of glare. Yeah, but you're not like 38. Where like if you don't do this season, you're on your last egg, and you got to yeah. go get married. Like Claire well, was saying. I don't know if it's the best place to like find your person. Like it, it would be hard, I think, for me going on The Bachelor and being like, well, I don't like whoever The Bachelor is. Like you don't always know. Like this season with Claire, or whatever. You don't always know ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, who it's gonna be? But they usually pick a catch. It's like yeah. odds are it's going to be a guy who's pretty cool. But then, yeah, if you don't want like yeah. a Republican race car driver, <laughs> then Ari Jr. is not okay, it. Well, the other thing is like I'm not I'm not usually into other contestants that have been on. Like I'm not like I don't find myself like, oh, I would really like to date so and so who was on The Bachelorette or whatever. But I have a big crush on Noah. <laughs> Interesting. Of all people. Wait, Noah, Noah is the mustachioed man. <laughs> oh, he annoys me. The traveling nurse, <laughs> he Noah. He annoys me. I think well. he reminds me of someone, uh, and that I figured out the other day that he reminds me of someone that I used to date like a long time ago, like my first boyfriend. It's yeah. Very, they're very similar. <laughs> so I wonder if that's part of it. Did yeah, he, did he play trumpet? Attraction. We got to find out if Noah <laughs> played did. trumpet. Hey, there he is, folks. <laughs> The well, first look, one. Uh, I think we should end on a good brass joke there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the podcast and uh, stay in touch. Me. We're neighbors now and yes. uh, and bring the dog back. We'll play another time. I'll get I'll uh, reinforce all of my gear for the dog. <laughs> get, a, get a video with him and Boone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, she was Lisa. That's Xander and that's Tasha and I'm Dave. Uh, everyone, have a good one. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, perfect timing. <laughs> Lick it. Oh, He's my goodness. I don't know what's happening. S-A-P, baby.